they kill that cat, I'll kill their wives. Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. And speaking of joy work. Yes, okay. Golden Globes just happened. We're going to roll out the red carpet. We're talking about American swindlers and amazing people in history. I got, I decided to do a quiz basically because Ash and I were talking. And as you know, that Ash is a huge Nick Cage fan. I do know that. Uh, And Nick Cage has a new movie out. That we haven't watched yet, but it is... Uh, I gotta look it up now. <laughs> I feel like such a fucking schmo. It's basically the movie is Nick Cage rolls into a, a like a West Texas town, uh, runs out of gas, so he's gotta like pay to fix his car. Right. And to pay to fix it, like they take it like, oh, we're gonna tow your car, but it's gonna cost a couple thousand dollars. You can either pay us in cash... Or you can mop the floor at this amusement, like basically Chuck E. Cheese. Right. So Nick Cage is like, thumbs up, because, look, spoiler alert, Nick Cage doesn't speak a word of fucking dialogue in this whole movie. Okay. Uh, it's a haunted Chuck E. Cheese where the animatronics come alive and try to kill him. Yes. Is it shot in Romania as well, or is it an American? Uh, yeah, the West, West Romania, Texas. <laughs> amazing uh so that just like sent ash and i down a rabbit hole so i was like i'm doing a quiz for hansi uh-huh. it's the nick cage i call it nick cage or all the rage mm-hmm. if you like bad movies all right so this this is a quiz of is this a real nick cage movie i love it or ash and casey feeling groovy faker i love it i faker. love it all right I, I, I can handle this. So, okay. Right. And yeah. I, all right. All right. So you, I told you the, about the animatronic one. So that's just to like wet your palate. All of these that I'm going to read, you can Google the trailers for, which I suggest, unless they're fakers. Right. But they're the makers. makers. All right. We're going to start. You, Number one. Oh, sorry. Real quick. Are you giving me movie titles with the descriptors? I got it's a two prong it's a two prong quiz. Got it. Because we're gonna do basically title and then what you would find on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Description okay. of said movie, and then I got a lightning round that is just titles. Okay. All right. Great. Great. Okay. I'm ready. I am ready. All right. All right. Number one, Nick Cage or all the rage. Drive angry. Title. Okay. Roll credits. A vengeful father escapes from hell and chases after the men who killed his daughter and kidnapped his granddaughter. Sounds great. I would want to watch this movie in a heartbeat. Uh, that's that's Nick Cage. That's a real movie. Ding, ding, ding. Hansi got one. And that's nice. That is true. That is a Nick Cage. Have you seen it? Nick Cage for one. No, I. Ash told me about it because the... Harvey was so mad at us last night because this is, and I will tell you if you guys want to have a, an, ever having people over, hanging out, make up fake Nick Cage movies. Just either pitch each other the the premise and or the title. We had so much fun last night. Harvey hated us. She was just like, "You guys stop! Shut up! Stop!" 
That's a what are you doing? Stop. Idea. That's a funny idea for a game, actually, for uh, uh, whatever they call it. Yeah. JP in the works. It's in the works, baby. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So, uh, all right. Hansi's one for one. Uno. You got it. Uno. Drive angry. Thumbs up. So, yeah, that was just the premise. We were just like riffing on good bad movies like what's the best shitty movie you could conceive of and then just put Nick Cage in it right and it's possible he's made it right no and that there were there were some we were like ooh, that's too close to the truth all right so number two you're one for one drive angry Hansi got it if it's about dinosaur skulls I know I know it's a real oh then you know yeah like, that's an autobiography uh this one shiner after a corrupt sheriff kills a moonshiner's dog, all bets are off, and a small West Virginian community is turned upside down. Shiner. Yeah, like, kicked in the face, kicked him while he's down. I know instantly where I'm leaning on this one. Also, this is a this reminds me of a legit Steven Seagal movie where he plays like a uh, disgruntled mountain man or apache <laughs> right. or appalachian man that's right it's and he has like to fight like Chris fire down below or, or some shit yeah uh, no it's michael kane michael course. kane works for the oil company that's fucking bonkers yeah oh yeah michael kane the michael kane careers are interesting huh the ebbs and flows michael oh, kane yeah. also introduced me affair to woody allen um I am going to say Shiner because it takes place in West Virginia is all the rage. A faker. Oh, two for two. It is a faker. Uh-huh. Uh, should be pitched, though. Absolutely. Oh, no. Like, as with most of these ideas, we just kept going. And I was like, it's like Chinatown. So Nick Cage just has a really gnarly, gross black eye for the whole movie. And nice. you're like, Nick Cage has got this fucking soggy eye. It's hanging out of his head. But yeah, you know what's so. perfect about it is right off the bat, you're like, that's a silly premise because it's just his dog. But two mm-hmm. things about that. One, never get between a man and his dog, especially mm-hmm. like a man of the earth, uh, a nature boy. Two. Just in today's climate, I guarantee you, you get more empathy if your premise has to do with a murdered right. dog versus a murdered oh, your murdered hiker. Wife. We've seen yeah. it. We've yeah. seen it. Just like the first one, Drive Angry, I was cheesing out when Ashley read it to me because I was like, they had to take it two tiers. Not only does he come back from hell, we think, to avenge his daughter, but they also had to throw a granddaughter on the top because right. daughter's not enough gotta it's gotta have layers yeah you gotta keep pushing that envelope you're you're you know it's like your uncle your uncle's cousin yeah exactly oh to save your uncle's cousin you imagine any lower stakes movie than having to save your cousin (laughs) come on (laughs) that should be that should be the title of the movie with the question mark save your cousin (laughs) oh that's funny thumbs up thumbs down like should, should and like I do the it? first scene of the movie or the first 10 minutes or setup or uh 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 what is it uh what's the setup of a movie called oh, i can't even think of it uh 
What is it called when you set something up? You've seen da 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 this and that. Just the, like the first act. The first act. First act, but when you set the scene, it is called the the premise. No. Uh, why can't I think of it? It's like exposition. <laughs> exposition. 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 Oh my god. The, the, the exposition of the here. movie, the long exposition, has to be the debate. Like they get a letter and they're like, Your cousin's been kidnapped. We did it. like, Is that on us? Did I is have that, a cousin? Is that our responsibility? I didn't even know. Why'd they send it to us? Why did they know exactly? It's like, Does he live in How state? did it get to me? <laughs> Is this your, is mom's brother's kid or yeah. dad's brother's kid? Did we see them in that the last thing? Or... <laughs> Save your cousin. <laughs> All right, I guess we got to guess it's blood. Thin, <laughs> thin blood. That's the tagline. I guess it's blood. Right. Just a lot of question marks. This blood is eh, relatively <laughs> simil- similar to water. <laughs> Slight. The name of the movie is called Slightly Thicker. see now you're now you're in man this is where we were all last night just like all right number three you're two for two number three title roll credits dying of the light dying when a death dying uh, yeah okay dying of the light when a devastating illness threatens to end evan lake's career in the cia he goes rogue to hunt down a terrorist who tortured him during a mission gone awry many years ago. Mm. Not much linkage to the title. Oh, I guess he's dying of the light. What's the light part? Dying of the light. Is that some kind of weird skin thing? When you die, so you see the light. It's a really stupid title. Really stupid. Perfectly stupid for a the kind of foreign shill he's been doing. Definitely see him play government agent. Uh, so I'm going to say that's a that's a cage. Cage. Ah, oh, three for three. Yeah. Haunty. Perfect score so far in the yeah. game. Dying of Delight. You know me. Also watch that trailer. It is so Seagalian and it's like, you're like, wait, what? He's old now? And there's just a lot of like Nick Cage running. Oh, like sure. Dad runs. Oh, it's good. It he's out of good. his mind, right? Or he's the most fair? sane person. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, it's not fair for me to say that about anybody. He just seems I a little, think, little out there. I, he's probably, like we were talking about earlier, like, I think he's just having fun doing silliness. Like, he's just, like, he's walking into Sesame Street. Like, he is just. This is joyful madness. Like he's just being in in it because he's not making a ton of like he's getting paid, obviously. But apparently, yeah, he's he's had that lifestyle that he's had to. Uh, you know, you get too big, your lifestyle gets too big, and you get a little too out there, and you got to cover those bills, and that's what that's how you end up in Chechnya. He's like, uh, yeah, maybe that wrestling job. I don't know, because like, there's that. I think we talked about it. Like they're working on a movie where he plays himself. Sure, uh, like and he Charlie gets Coffin? asked to go to like a cartel. Okay, like a, like, really? like for like a quinceanera, like down in Mexico, like a drug cartel asked 
brings Nick Cage as Nick Cage down to this quinceanera, like to entertain, to make an appearance. Yeah. Like, like we're gonna give you ten million dollars just to show up. So he goes down there, but the CIA is like, because you're Nick Cage, you can get in. Yeah, so it, then it right. turns into yeah, like the Charlie Kaufman like twist. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, not to disparage Nick Cage because I think he's one of the premier actors of our lifetime. I believe that he's made. So oh, yeah. much garbage. But the things that aren't garbage are on the toppest tier right. of, of the film echelon. Um, it's big swings. He takes big swings. Yeah. What? What's wrong with that? And now he's just playing small ball over here with here these today, crazy like, movies. Um, like, go ahead and be wrong because tomorrow you'll be right. That's the way it goes, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of being right, you want to hear number four? Of course I do. Uh, it's called Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Every six years, an ancient order of Jiu-Jitsu fighters join forces to battle a vicious race of alien invaders. It's oh, fucking good. It's just so clean and perfect. It's like a perfect, clean line square. Got everything you need. No complications. You got Jiu-Jitsu. Lapse of time and aliens community. It's too. I know what you're doing here. You're making it so <laughs> clean and sharp, avoiding any details that would throw me off. So I'm gonna say that that is all the rage. Ooh, first goose egg oh, on the board. This is an wow. actual movie which you should Google the trailer for. It's jujitsu. It's got martial arts fame. Tony Jaa is in it. Oh. It looks, it's just like Mortal Kombat and Predator in one movie. It actually looks really good. It looks insane. So you haven't seen some of these wild movies, huh? Just trailers. No, no, none of them. Like, I don't think I've seen any of the movies that we're going to mention. Just Mm -hmm. trailers. Maybe. Sometimes that's for the best. I keep equating it to Seagal and... They're not, because Seagal may have made a couple good movies, but I won't say Seagal's a good actor. But that's the thing, like, comparing, like, because you can make that comparison to Cage to Seagal. Like, all of Nick Cage's are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way. Like, they're just strange. Like, they're fun. Like, Jiu-Jitsu, the trailer is insane. It's just like an alien, and he, and, and the best part is, is, it's just Nick Cage's voice going like, every seven years, a portal opens on Earth, and we gotta fight it. Like, literally, that's what he says in the movie. Perfect. It's so, you're like, that's all I need. Yeah. And he's got long hair, and he's wearing a bandana, <laughs> and like, they do, towards the end of the trailer, it's the best part of the fucking trailer, because you've been watching all of these actual martial artists do fucking gnarly martial arts in the trailer he has a, like a throwaway line of like well i couldn't couldn't leave the best for last or whatever and then they cut to a stunt double doing a backflip and then it, it's him again <laughs> perfect it's so good it's just like he couldn't he couldn't leave it you couldn't leave it he that, had to have a stunt double backflip that's the that's the type of like clean narrative you need like now all i can think about is like i don't need anything other than an era film, 1990, mm-hmm. buddy cop movie, Nick Cage, Steven Seagal, fighting drug dealers in Seattle. Done. Yeah, no, exactly. You just got to pick a weird, like, oh, I've never been to Seattle. 
Like you just need that skyline. You need a unique sky. Like Nashville, nineteen seventy. Right. Steven Seagal, Nick Cage, grunge you know, scene. Honky Tonk Mafia. You fight the grungers selling dime bags on the corner, but they're not your guys. They're not who you're after. They're the guys you get to submit to find the real (laughs) Seattle mob, right? You got to get to the real deal. Seattle mob. So good. So good. There's your movie right there, Seattle mob. It exists. Hey, we know from reading Murders, Inc., like, La Cosa Nostra does stretch through all cities. You got the Purple Gang in Detroit, and they sing it. There's something in Seattle. There's something in Seattle, and it's so not fitting whatsoever. And it's (laughs) just these fucking white trash scumbags, Pacific Northwest. Like I think that uh, let's just call it ourselves the Mob. Oh man, but yeah, Seattle Seattle Mob, mob. perfect movie. Pitch it, so good. Pitch it. That's the best part. Again. You're getting introduced to this fucking silliness that we did all last night. We're just like, I could make up fake Nick Cage movies for the rest of all my day. life and be content. Speaking of, it. maybe true, maybe false. Number Nick five. Cage, all the rage. Number five. You're three and one. This Damn. one is called Primal. Primal? Primal. That's a good name. Frank ships jungle wildlife on the same ship as an uh, arrested assassin. The assassin breaks free. Freeze the animals. Back to the animals. You've hit me with two reels in a row, too. Man, that is a good movie right there. Primal. Now, Primal, I know, Mm -hmm. is a title of another movie. Hmm. That is so sad. With uh, Ed Norton. Primal Fear. An arrested assassin. Just mm-hmm. right there. Arrested assassin. Arrested assassin. Frank ships jungle wildlife on the same ship as an arrested assassin. The assassin breaks free and frees the animals. Oh, but he's... Nick Cage or all the rage. And that's going to be... So it's a per... If he frees the animals as he's killing the animal wranglers, the poachers, so... Uh, that's all the rage. It's all the rage. All the true! It's a Nick Cage! <laughs> oh, shit! Oh, you man, gotta watch me. this trailer. Michael Imperioli is in it. <laughs> Michael Imperioli is the CIA agent oh, that convinces it. Nick Cage to transport this horrible criminal. CIA agent, yeah. It's sure. amazing. Best line. Cheesing out about it all day. Because Nick Cage in the trailer keeps going like, that's my big cat. Gotta get my big cat. And he it's a really bad cat. CGI. Yeah cat so there's a scene where it's like the the buff black dude with the gun he's like there's a bunch of animals on this boat that cat's crazy i'm gonna kill it and he's like you kill that cat i shoot you in the head <laughs> that's in the trailer like it's just yeah i mean that's what somebody that loves big cats would say you don't need anything oh also else that. and famica jansen is in it so i was like hey another hmm. throwback from the late 90s Real sidetrack on that. So Michael Imperioli, he might still own it. Uh, on just past the UCB on Eighth Avenue, so it's like Eighth and Twenty Seventh. He owned his own theater, little small black oh box my God, theater. That's right, something yes. horse, dark horse theater, maybe. Um, no, but anyway, so a friend of mine, Peter, took me to a play there. And Michael Imperioli, he's a great actor. He's been acting a long time. 
Um, he's a great actor, as anyone in The Sopranos were great actors. They just happen to play very mm-hmm. big, than yeah. life, very ca- caricatured roles. Yeah. Um, whether you believe that or not, they're, they're very caricatured. Whether at the time they're like, well, that's a little, not necessarily the mafioso I see. Whatever. So I went and saw this play, and it was about, like, a young boy coming to terms. A very New Yorky, like, almost um, Brighton Beach memoirs kind of style, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, But yeah. I kept watching it, and I was like, uh, all right, all right, gotta get into it, because these are amazing actors. But it was, like, four people from The Sopranos. Michael Imperioli and the dude that played Casey Jones. And I was just like, um, <laughs> Elias Coteus. I was, yeah, Elias Coteus. And I was like, get into it, get into it. Cause it was a beautiful play. Like I said, it was Arthur Miller didn't write Brighton beach memoirs, but yeah, it's just very nice, clean writing, just perfect yeah. play. And there was like the last scene, like classic indie play, Michael Imperioli walks out of it was all one set in like a living room uh-huh. and you walk out onto like a new yorky fire escape and he walks out in this new yorky fire escape and the apartment goes black behind soft black and behind him and he's in like the spotlight and he's like and that's what it was like in 1978 new york my dad was dead was i my dad who knows and then lights out and i was like <laughs> i can't do it and he had a tear and he was like just you know, like immersed and beautiful and everybody. And like the woman that played his mother, actually, I don't know if she was in Sopranos, but she played the person who was married to Joe Pesci in Goodfellas, who's like oh, uh, pretty iconic. Right. She's yes, a great yes. actress. She's in a lot of stuff. Because it fair. was like you brought the playbill home and you're like, I saw this. This was yeah. amazing. Like they're doing their shit. And correct me if I'm wrong. It was called like chinese takeout or something like the playbill looked like a chinese food menu that could be that could be right that could be yeah maybe he was like a delivery guy and they were feuding like i don't i just remember looking like you know like if i could look at through an old comic book you were my friend saw this fun thing and i'm just gonna read about it right sure playbills are great i love it uh i wonder i'm who knows if i i'm guarantee i could go on his website and go back and back because i'm sure they have a log of of it my dad Am I dead? Who gives a shit? It's New York. <laughs> but like one of it was like Big Pussy was in it or something, and he played like the mailman. And instantly it was like, no, sorry, I want to be, what... but no. <laughs> I do remember you saying that when you came home. You're like, there's just too many Sopranos actors in it for it to not feel like it's Sopranos the play. And I get it. Like he's doing the right thing. He's like, all we 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 all play these characters, and we're all like typecast. Like let's. But then it's like, so let's do a let's do a nineteen seventy four Brooklyn based, you know? It's like, all right, but like, yeah, like you guys and we're all incredible actors, and there's potential that you know, big pussy's not going to get cast in Guys and Dolls or whatever. Although yeah, that would make sense. But um, yeah, how do we get? A, oh, just Michael Imperioli, right. like seeing him as a CIA agent. Be... It's a shame because I bet he played a. Well, that's a real off character, like because he looks young. Put him in a cage. I think he has a line where he's like, "Keep him in a cage because he's an animal." <laughs> yeah, like oh okay, I hit really hitting the nail on the head with this primal dance. But you know, it's Imperioli, long hair, and that's what I love about Michael Imperioli now is like he just has long hair, and they're just like he's like, "I'm not cutting my hair," so like, yeah, fine. You're the CIA agent with really long gray hair, like. <laughs> He was in, blend uh, right in. He was in before he had uh uh what was his name Chris Christopher before he had Sopranos fame. 
he was in a great movie, The Basketball Diaries. And now you can't oh go back God, and watch it because he played. Diaries. Not you can go back and watch it, but you can't separate him because he's early. From you can separate Walt yourself from Leonardo DiCaprio because he's. I don't know. He just does it. Mark Wahlberg's in it too, by the way. Um, oh my and God! They play you're just right. like scuzzy kids, but he plays like their scuzzy friend that gets cancer, and they take him out for one last time, and they take him to a New York peep show. Oh my God! But he's like in right. chemo, so he can't get a boner. So he's like, "Take me out of here! I can't do it." It's like, oh God! It's a, that movie. It's joy work. If anybody wants to, that movie. Damn, I haven't watched get fucking you, basketball. Diaries that movie can minute. bring your uh, emotional level, like your darkness meter, up a, pretty much in the same way that Requiem for a Dream can, in my opinion. Oh my God, you're totally right, though. They are right very there. like right tonally, there. like they ride that same. Like New York darkness, yeah, that wavelength, like just of that despair, dreary. Like even kids has a a life. Oh, absolutely, it's called kids. It's bright. Yeah, even though it's yeah. dealing with things like, but yeah, Basketball Diaries and Requiem are on that same. Just like you'll never get over it. You'll never get over that hump. You're just that's stuck. Uh, Mark Wahlberg play. They're all like, like just score weed, and they're slowly slipped into heroin addiction, living on the street. And Mark Wahlberg has like kind of a wannabe gangster brother, and he loses like twenty dollars worth of his crack. And he breaks his arm. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy! Oh god, that movie. Um, Seattle Mob. Oh, Michael Imperioli. So anyway, so that's hard. I mean, and not not it's not a Michael Imperioli. I saw. Bruce Willis in Misery on Broadway with um, oh yes with somebody and I was just like uh, you're taking me out of it one because you you clearly don't give a shit and I've told the stories of how terrible you were, that production you were was. texting me live during that show because you're like holy shit only because the Lori screen Metcalf came down is killing it she's a, unbelievable and, in anything she does but the only reason I would text her in the show because that that would would be because the the screen came down with technical difficulties only because Bruce Willis missed his mark only because that guy could have given a shit on stage. Cause Ugh. wasn't he supposed to hit Laurie Metcalf with a typewriter? But oh, he didn't hit her with it. So we so saw she had the blood effect oh, this without poor, this poor <laughs> actress right off the bat. You could see that he didn't want to be there. He was off sync. We got these amazing tickets through my being a student, you could get like thirty dollar tickets. The deal was you didn't know where you would sit, but sometimes you'd That's have right. like we had three rows back center because no every misery got panned, so nobody was buying mm-hmm. the expensive seats. So last minute they're like, "Well, we sold this guy to this guy thirty dollar tickets. Might as well sit him in an open seat. Nobody's going to take." So we're I'm three rows back. Bruce Willis, Misery, Laurie Metcalf's killing it, but it was either the last i think it was the last matinee they were doing and then they maybe had like two evening shows left or something so it was just he was over it but it already been written up he'd been panned not because he's a bad actor because he's not but because right off the bat it was the first time on broadway he made it very clear like you're lucky to have me he didn't learn his lines he had an earpiece we were close enough to see it and he just didn't learn his staging he didn't do anything and so poor Lori, um, Lori Metcalf, a couple times I was like, holy shit. Like one, 
she's got to like get a gun and people have just given up. And I feel like it was his toxic energy. Like she was supposed to grab a gun off stage, but literally a hand just came in and handed her a <laughs> gun. Right. And you could see in her face, hand. she's just like, I fucking take it. Uh, the stage was incredible because it was a fully rotating stage that had and, and, and dissected into three parts, like a pie. So one was the mm-hmm. living room. And then if you needed the yeah. scene in the, uh, his bedroom where he's trapped, the stage rotated and then you were in the bedroom As and he are. was constantly yeah. in a wheelchair and she was constantly walking so they could just wheel and catch up and just like, be in their part as the stage yeah, rotated cool. so they could meet. And then the last so part like would rotate. floating ro- almost because oh, the stage awesome. is rotating as they're stand- standing still, in essence. Unless you're Bruce Willis and you didn't learn your staging and the scene <laughs> opens up on the scene and he's just like standing there. He's not even supposed to be standing. And he's just like <laughs> looking like, eh. And then the, the screen comes down like, I've never seen it on Broadway in my whole life. Like, like playing like we'll be that, right that, back that, music that, like yeah no exactly, experience yeah. and technical difficulties like, after these messages we'll be right back for a icon of the stage like laurie metcalf that has to be teeth gritting but then on top of it right at the end the famous scene where she he's got this typewriter and he's going to escape by hitting her and then the typewriter this guy couldn't have given less effort of barely flailing this typewriter two feet away from her and she had to watch him do that and go ah like hit her head oh my god so that being said bruce willis anybody can take you out of a anybody because i will say even right off the bat i was like i'm 15 feet away from die hard that's how dumb i am i'm like (laughs) this is unreal i gotta get over that just like when I got these amazing seats to see, I forget the name of the play, but two people were in it. Three, many amazing actors were in it. But we, again, we're like three rows back. James Earl Jones is in it. So my first thought is like, uh, the guy from Field of Dreams has giant feet. And <laughs> now I got to get over that hump. And then Mark Lynn Baker was in it. And I went, oh, no, that's yes. fucking perfect strangers. Forget it. Just like I had three three seats back. When I saw Magic Bird, which was a one of the shortest lived plays on Broadway about Larry Bird, Magic Johnson rivalry, play. starring Peter Scolari. And there was only like a three-person cast, so I had to be like, was he that's Bird? fucking buzzing buddies. He wasn't. No, no, no. Larry Bird was <laughs> a very tall. They had a full basketball court. On, well, they had a basketball court on stage, and they're staging. These guys had to make the shots they were shooting. So, oh wow, that's it was another very level of skill. impressive. Not only your actor level, actorness. Yeah, but, but you, you got a be, you got a nice J. You got to practice. And you Peter Scolari played jumper? like four different characters, like a fan, a newscaster, a drunk at a bar, and I was like, "This See, is too much. too much. <laughs> this is too that's much." That's too much, Scolari. You can't play five guys, and <laughs> if you're not Larry Bird, right? Like I'll like I get it. He's dumpy, but he's Peter Scolari. Cool, you're Larry Bird. This is a play. Like I get it. Well, no, but he wasn't like Larry Bird. The everybody else. Yeah. You're, you're Danny Ainge, and then you're you oh, know, he like might have been Danny Pat Ainge. Riley, and then you're also the drunk at the bar. Like that's too much. It's it too was much. really yeah. Me. He played like the drunken guy at the bar who's like Larry, and it was in Boston, right? Because Larry Bird and his Boston was because he's got to differentiate his characters too, sure. right? Gotta That's be a little bigger. Flex. You gotta That's be too a little much bigger. Scolari flex. Play one part and do it well. You don't need ten Peter Scolari's doing 
Like, I don't need vagina monologues starring yeah. Peter Scolari where he plays everybody. But I need that. And we all I need, need that now. So. Oh my god! Uh, Larry Bud is Peter he's like, uh, vagina he's so much better than Magic Johnson. Oh my god! And that's not Boston. Oh so, but that was his New York guy. He was like, what about the Knicks? And you're like, what the fuck are we doing here, Peter? Man, he's just changing costumes. This guy's going. But that's what I had. Again, amazing seats. And I was like, I'm 15 feet from second iteration of Newhart. Can't do it. <laughs> I wish this was all you're thinking. is like, I wish this was Newhart the play. Oh, geez. I've, that's the thing about being away from Broadway. I got to see so many plays because the people we knew. And I was just going to say I was 10 feet away from another Lori Metcalf play where her husband was Daniel Stern. So I had to be like, I got to get over Daniel Stern now. Where's where's Marv? Yeah, where's that's Harry? Right. He's busy berating the coke girl <laughs> the for Muppet. a blowjob. <laughs> Anyways, I got us way off track. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm losing my shit here on it. That's we're, for sure. We're good. Okay, we're at, you got three, three, three per- correct, two false. You're yep. three, three and two. Going into question six. Mm-hmm. Title. Pedal to the metal. After a debilitating uh, crash under mysterious circumstances, an aging Italian Formula One racer is rehabilitated and revitalized by vengeance. Trey fixates on winning back his wife and his title with titanium legs becoming a human car. Ah, so I know where I know where I stand on this one right off the bat. It's an amazing setup. You had a few tells. An Italian guy named Trey, oh, although that's mm-hmm. pretty perfect. Uh, metal legs, that's my go-to with Forrest Gump. <laughs> so I gotta say, this is on oh, my mother of the car. This is a, this is a, uh, as they say, all the rage. Oh, you got it. Yeah. I didn't think Trey, the Italian guy named Trey. <laughs> No, this one, like, Ash came up with the title. I just, last night, when we were riffing, I was like, human car, funniest thing I've ever heard. Of course. And I just wouldn't let it go. I was like, human car, and it teaches a human car. Pedal to the metal. That Pedal makes sense, to too, with metal. metal legs. Just fused legs and I, into a car. And I was like, you got the, you know, like, you can see it. I say, I would say, like, early teens, 2000-ish era, like... Josh Gad is his like nerdy friend. Pit, pit, pit. And after he's you know, his uh, pit car, but not like the guy that changed the wheels. He's the guy that does all the math. Does all the math, right? And like he gets the legs, and like I was like, okay, I'm giving up on human car being the title, but your Josh Gaddy character, like Nick Cage, kicks the Formula One car, and it like flips, and it's like you're some sort of human car. I feel I am a human car. I feel Just like... Just really fast, strong legs, get a little kung fu in there. I think if the human car, I see it, it would be perfect, because I keep picturing it. If somebody becomes the human car, you wouldn't get in the human car, so you ride on top of it with, like, a saddle and buckle in. <laughs> Just on the shoulders? Yeah. yeah. I just picture Josh that. Gad gets on Michael Imperioli rides on Nick Cage's shoulders. Like it's and a motorcycle, really fast. but it's a car, motor car. Because mine was like it was some be some sort of pacemaker, and then Ash was like, "No, that's too close to Iron Man." Right. And then I just got hung up with the idea of like the end of the movie. It's just like Nick Cage going like, "I am the human car." 
you know, he's taking pictures of him. It's like so dumb. So oh, dumb. So good. But yeah, human car. So Out that was you're you're good. Four four and two. Four and two going into number seven. Alright. All number right. seven. This one, the pineapple. Before earning a commission of it before earning the commission of his life, Bill's wife convinces him to host a pineapple party at the Hollywood bungalow that will uh, make him real estate royalty. When the event tailspins into chaos, Bill must save his wife and his life. I didn't get the pineapple reference, but Ash said it like in swinger circles, like you take oh, yes. a pineapple. Yep. Yep. And that's the like Yeah. DTF. That's right. You're absolutely right. I've heard if you put a pineapple out it that's absolutely true. So there's some Oh, that's a good weird either distraction or real detail. Real estate? Oh, that's so perfectly dumb. That's so that's That's Nick Cage. Yeah, no, that was a rage. All the rage. Nicely done. I'm glad you fell for real estate because that was, yes, that was my, was like, he's got to be a real estate agent, right? Like, is that the most innocuous, like, Nick Cageian? Yeah. Like, he sells a house and his wife's horny. So, like. So bland. So bland. It makes perfect sense. Mask of the Red Death part. You know, like, you can see it, like, the haves and the have nots. Mm Mm-hmm. Nick Fish Cage out of like, water. My wife, I, I just... That's a good... That's actually... To take the... That pineapple idea is a really right? good idea. Because the po- like, like... And that was... The cell was like, it's just that image. Just the fucking... Yeah. On the doorstep. Because that's all you would... T- if it's... There's swinger communities, literally, where people move into that community knowing that's the thing. Yeah. But some people have unwittingly moved into those and, like, walked into the wrong place and not thinking that a pineapple was something to be. Right, you're like, I like fruit. I like pineapples. It's like those community, there's that, like, community in Florida, that gated community that has, like, prolific amounts of STDs. (laughs) Oh, it's older community. Because it's older, like, they drive around on go-karts. Like, you can't go in unless you're invited. Right. But it is straight up, like, they do, like, you know, like, in high school, you're like, oh, did I have an earring in my right ear? Does that make me gay? Like, they have, like, you put a pocket square in your back pocket, (laughs) and if it's purple, it means you're... Down for butts. You're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Or if it's just green, it means, like... You can fuck my wife while I watch. Like right. it, it is down to a science where it's just like tie a bandana on your fucking go kart. Or your I, fucking... that's so perfect. But if you want like a, oh, you could be horror or like just a, like a bizarre, like sexual thriller. Getting back to Silk Stockings, the pineapple. This couple, yeah. these couples lure people in by no. putting the pineapple out. People might not come out. Just trap. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's an easy. It's like a. It's like a bee to honey or a fly to. You know, if you got horny couples, they see that pineapple, they start licking those chops. Just like, mm, let's go in and see the see the bindies. You know. Oh yeah. See now you're now you're in it, Hansi. You're in it. Number seven by pineapple. That was a good one. That was a good one. I'm tied now. Oh, I'm I'm four four to three. Yep. All right, we got number eight. 
Grand Isle. A young father is charged with a murder and must prove his innocence by recalling a very twisted and dark night of events. Very, very not giving on this description. Could be anything. I'm gonna go. That's such a, come on. That's a cage. I know it's not. It's 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 not sexy not enough. Yeah, how vague it is. Yeah, it's so because vague. you watch the trailer, which is hilarious that it comes after Pineapple. It is like a weird psychosexual thriller. Like Nick Cage convinces a guy to come to his house to try and kill his wife during a hurricane. So his wife's like all horny for Lorny around this house, and like he's just he's like Imperioli in fucking Basketball Diaries, like. He's like, my dick doesn't work. I need a drink. It's so weird. It's it's intense. Again, yeah, Grand a trailer Isle. trailer needs to be checked. Grand Isle. Grand Isle. Check it out. You would do this with All so right. many Number nine. bizarre actors. Num- I love it. Hit me with <laughs> exactly. Nine. Like, you could do it. Number nine. It's called Internal Flame. An FBI investigator uncovers systemic corruption within the Bureau. Assisted by his wits and his secretary, Bits. His secretary, Bits? Bits. B-I-T-Z. Oh, Bits. Eternal Flame. What's he work for? CIA? The Bureau. The Bureau. The Bureau. The Bureau. The Bureau. would assume the FBI. Bits. Why would they put that in the description? Wits and Bits, other than it rhymes. But it's a dumb rhyme. So it's uh, the, all the rage. All the rage, yeah, you got it. Nice, well done. That was a you put a Z I on too, bits. Like, you, I that I gotta give credit where credit's due. That was all Ash. She had the bits thing. And I was like, it's so stupid that it's beautiful. It's like micro. Yeah. No, bits. really. Yeah. Bits. Literally, bit isn't a bit a computer thing. Oh yeah, like bit. Yeah, like gigabit, gigabyte. Gigabit. I guess it's byte. Gigabit. Well, <laughs> but bit, how many bits is it? 64 bit. 16 bit, yeah. Bits, 16 yeah. bit. It's my boy bit. Hmm? Keep it in mind for next super. All right. Uh, this got, is this 16 is the... bit. They're like, oh, this is the worst superhero team ever. All right, go this ahead. Number 10. This is the last of our IMDb descriptions. And the then we got deals. a lightning round got a lightning. of okay. just titles. All right. Okay, this one's called Sun's Out. Mm-hmm. In... 1980s Venice Beach, a janitor is forced to pump iron in an effort to protect Muscle Beach from CIA gunrunners. Fucking A, that's cool. Sun's out, guns out. That is really cool. Man, it might be so cool that it could only be a JP. Janitor working out? I've had so many rages, though. I... I'm going all the rage. Yes, you got it. That one's one of my favorites. I wanted it to be <laughs> Cage be so janitor. bad. But Come on, right? That's so good. He's because like, he's got that's it. what I. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's what I pitched Ash. I was like Nick Cage, full sweatsuit, like never not without sweatpants and the long long sleeve sweatshirt and the like Hans and Franz muscle belt. 
Because like, you never get to see his like no, you don't muscles. Need, no, but that's why it's so good because all these guys just getting show muscles. They're not gonna do anything. You need a fucking crusty, gritty janitor that mm-hmm. does like the yeah. De Niro cape fears in his shitty studio apartment. Right, that guy's tough mop those, as nails. That'll mop, mop the floor. those shitty benches. Like, hey, on that you sit, don't get that, over here. There's a line. I'm gonna mop the floor with you. Oh, I'm gonna mop the floor with you. <laughs> like, breaks it. Oh god. Like prison. Like yeah, no, he's an ex-con. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of prison death in that one. Because I was like, he finds a gym bag full like Saturday night specials. Yeah, he's like, this ain't got no business here. We like we work on ourselves here, not these guns. Right. (laughs) Oh, and that's it too. Yeah, he'd be like, he'd be like, let me pull out my guns, and all these guys are laughing at him, and he just no, he just pulls out two (laughs) six shooters, (laughs) right? Two Uzis in the air. It's gotta be Uzis. When these guys won't like stop making noise with their loud like workout music. Nick Cage is the janitor in sweatpants with cowboy boots. That's perfect. It is a, that is a good fucking movie. Right? right there. Guns yes. out? Right? There's no doubt about it. Hansi approves of guns out. Is it guns out he or sons it. out? Or sons out, but right. yeah, the tagline yeah, should is be get out. them guns out. Oh, you fell on the floor. Mm. All right, you ready for lightning round? Yep, I got I'm 16 titles. Cage or Rage? All right, I'm on it. You ready? Uh, first one, pay the ghost. The cage. Perfect. Yep, the winner. Uh, next one, the runner. Cage. True. Dog eat dog. Uh, rage. Nope. Cage. Oh boy. Uh, four. Snowed in. Snowed in. Yeah. As in like snow day. Snowed. Snowed in. Rage. True. That is rage. Boiler alert. Boiler alert? Boiler Boiler alert. Boiler alert? That's a great name. Boiler alert. Too good. That's rage. (laughs) Yep. Mom and dad. Fuck you. (laughs) I can't actually just laugh. I can't not. Uh, That's cage. Yes, that's true. It is cage. Oh my god. Uh, Inconceivable. Uh, rage. Nope. Cage. Arsenal. Oh, I mean, come on. That's a. You want me to say cage? That's a rage. Nope. That's a cage. Ah. Uh, Stolen. What's that? Is that movie taken? <laughs> that's rage. No, that's what I said that's too. Rage. Like, nope. That's a cage. Oh my god. You had the same reaction I did because I went. Wait, doesn't Liam Neeson do taken? Fuck it, let's do stolen. Stolen. That is that's jerk <laughs> practice right there. I know, right? Oh, that's it's just that stupid like what's the opposite of what we said? Uh yeah, stolen. Stolen. Uh number ten, uh Red Rover. Cage. Nope. Rage. <sighs> Knowing. Knowing? Yeah. Cage. Yep, cage. Try or die. Rage. Yep. <laughs> that one, I love that one. Uh, Sunny. Oh, we already did Suns Out. Uh, rage. Nope, that's a cage. Preamble. Come on. 
law <laughs> preamble. What's the preamble? The uh, rage. <laughs> yeah, it's rage. Because I was my pitch was like the mutton chops he's gonna wear on this period piece right. is amazing. Uh, kill chain. Kill chain. Kill chain. Fucking cool. I would rent that movie in a heartbeat. Cage. And you can, because it is a cage. <laughs> uh, Dino Wars. Dino Wars? Rage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Rage. <laughs> nice. That's a, There's definitely a Dino Wars out there, though. Is there? I believe so, yeah. Like, now we were riffing. I was like, that's a great shitty name for a movie. Oh, Nick Cage. Fi- we know how he feels about dinosaurs. And he loves war. cats. <laughs> and war. <laughs> All right, and then I got one little accoutrement to the on the end. Okay, this one's in post production, so you there can't was really a lot more. Out. Sorry, there was a real quick. There was a lot more cages than rages in there. He has got oh a yeah, fucking no. filmography, deep bench of fucking Jesus weird shit. Christ. All right, yeah, that's All right. nuts. All right, so this is this is the extra. This is the post credits. Okay, sequence. For all the marbles. I got it. Rage or Cage. The movie is called Pig. Mm-hmm. A truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. Again, back to the pet. We're, we're up there in the northeast, Seattle mob or northwest. What's it called? Truffle hunter? It's called pig. pig. It's called pig. Of course. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's, why? Why waste? Just go. Yeah, just keep it clean. Keep it straight. We've talked about it. It's like I mean, pineapple. It's it's too it's it's too rich. So it's a all the rage. Well, this is a Nick Cage. You can watch this video on demand. Post production. The movie is called Pig. Oh, have you watched it yet? No, because Ash, th- this morning when we were talking about uh, when talking about the quiz, we were looking at the trailer. She was like, oh, my God, there's a movie called Pig. It's like, shut up. And then she read me that description. I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. That's a bonkers movie. A truffle hunting pig. Do you think we're getting to the point where the people with a little extra pocket money are able to get their hands on Cage? And he's just like, yeah, fuck it. I need to act until I get those, you know, sure. nice toothy stage chewing pieces, scenery chewing pieces, you know, that'll get me back on the Oscar stage, which I'll do in a heartbeat. But nobody gives a shit about the movies I make in between. You want to meet what? Truffle Pig, Oregon? Yeah, it's no different than me I, I, with Kill Chain. No, you're right. I, th- I think it's one of those things. It doesn't hurt to ask. That's yes. And all these people are doing are asking. And he's like, yeah, man, I got my schedule open. It reminds you gonna play for my pain ticket, like yeah, yeah. I mean, his his ask is probably a million, but if you're making a movie and a million right out the window for that, spend another two million. You got a three million dollar right low budge, and you're good. It's got Nick right. Cage. You'll make that you money get, back. You could kickstart it. You're just like Nick Cage is going to be in the movie that I'm making. Yeah. It's insane, and it's about you this. can make his paycheck like nothing. It never hurts to ask. It always reminds me of what you told me about Arnold Schwarzenegger. That rumor that all it takes is if you can get Arnold Schwarzenegger's ear for a movie pitch, you need to hit him with one sentence. Oh, that's right. That's all it takes if he likes it. 
and you were telling me about I forget what movie he made, but somebody God damn it, managed to saddle up to him at a like a cigar bar. He was having like one of his giant. It was by the pool and a scotch or by the pool, and somebody just never her sass just came up and just went, "Hey Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger fights Satan," and he's like, "Talk to my people." Like that was right. It. Yeah, like, you got it. I don't, and that's the thing. I don't remember the name of that movie, but it is literally that movie. I can, Arnold Schwarzenegger fights the devil. I can picture the weird albino, like, haunting character in it, but that's all I can picture. Like, Yeah, that was it. So why would Nick Cage... Nick Cage seems like he would talk to you about it, at least. Be like, is it about truffles? I like truffles. Cool, well, I'm in. Again, I'm still... I haven't, so- been, I haven't visited the Seattle mob in a while. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God, Seattle mob. There's a few... Uh, any movie you pitch that he hasn't done yet. He could do. I just wish we had that. So that's what million. I'm saying. Next, next time anybody listening has people over and you want to have a good gas, just try and pitch each other Nick Cage movies. I love it. It's a great it idea. It is an endless resource of fun. Uh, it's yeah, it's endless joy work. It's like um, Henning and uh, uh, Aaron's game. That's so Sylvia. Is it a Sylvia yes. line or not? Perfect. Because you can just, it, it endless, like, try or die. That was the title. And I was like, it's like a 70s game show, but it's for your life. So imagine, oh. like, like WandaVision, like, with you got a Wink Martindale wand mic. Mm-hmm. And he's like, off with their head! And then it's just really gory, but it looks like it's was filmed in the 70s. So it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets game show. Right. It's like, no whammies, no whammies. The game show ends, and they're like, ah, you know, you didn't quite make it this time. They take him to like the room the and gas him or something. Yeah, right, yeah. Nice. That was a great game. Oh, what do you say? Right, well, can't can't end on a higher note than that. No, other really, than you can't. I'm. We're talking dumb dad stuff, and uh, because I'm home with Dell and everything, you know, um, you know, she just sleeps and then she eats. So when she needs her attention, but I got this time home. So as a dumb dad, as they should. Planted a full garden. And Ooh, nice. I got all my seeds going. I got cabbage. I got cucumbers. All the good stuff. Radish, kale, all this stuff. Got a full garden. But couldn't help my dumb dadness. Got seeds for the hottest pepper in the world. Carolina Reaper. Especially, it's like buying <laughs> weed seeds. They're like a dollar a seed. There's, and if anybody that knows seeds, seeds are cheap. So I got Carolina Reapers going in special, like a special little mini greenhouse pod inside. But I also got one of, also one of the top tier Scoville peppers called a white, it's like a hybrid, it's called a white habanero. So this could be a cage movie, but uh, it's going to be the name of my sauce. If my Carolina Reaper comes in and my white habanero comes in, I got a sauce with either two names. I got a white Reaper or I got a Carolina White. (laughs) Carolina White. <laughs> so look out for that sauce. And everyone... also, just yeah, to pin there's a, a Netflix show in Total Joy Work. It's called We Are the Champions. Okay. Uh, and and basically it's like fringe competition things. So each episode follows a different type of competition in which you can become the champion. And one of them is because you said Carolina Reaper. The guy that created the Carolina Reaper oh, wow. holds a contest where it's just you get a bunch of homunculuses together and they 
eat the hottest things on the planet. So that's the one. One of the episodes is just this hot pepper competition to which he's like, well, I invented the Carolina Reaper. So then I, I was like, mix, you know, it gets into like the yeah. the seed, the botany of it. And he has invented like five other peppers that are like a thousand times hotter than that. Sure. So you oh, yeah. watch these people in this competition and it, it, it uh, it's like the Calaccio thing that I told you about. Like it gave me so much anxiety and made my stomach hurt because you just watch these people like just hurting themselves. I eating don't, peppers. Like everybody has – I'm like I'm growing these hot – like Carolina Reapers are like, why? What are you going to do with them? And I'm like, I'm going to make a sauce. I'm going to eat them. And they're like, but why? I was like, because I have to feel something. Cause- <laughs> I need it. Like I had Johnny <laughs> sends me sauces. We make like little bets, like hot, uh-huh. hot. Like one of them's called Chocolate yeah. Plague, and it is so oh, hot that that's a great you have name. to dip like a little. I use a chopstick. Uh-huh. You just dip a little bit, and you like kind of just uh-huh. like smear it, and it is so hot. Like you get instant, um, not indigestion, like just burps. I always used to think that was fake when you watch like the dumb YouTube shows and they eat a hot like pepper a and they're like, like that. Burp, burp. you get that. And it's just so hot. But I keep going your back. It's like, save me. Save as long me. As, it's, as long as it's like a new sauce, I'm in. I'm just in. And if it's like, that's it's, it's fun. And But it's the jaddest thing ever. I will check it doc, out. Because they get into like the nerdy pepper, pepper culture. Nerds. Yeah, it's pepper. Ner- There's no uh, doubt about it's, that. It's, it's inter. It's so. It's so fascinating what? because I was like, "This is a thing." Like it, I, I, I like competitive eating. Like I get it, but these are like, no, no, no. Keep your fucking ice cream. Keep your hot dogs. I'm gonna eat the like. Just eat fucking fire. Here's the deal: if you ever go to somebody's house and they offer you a craft beer, you can go, "Hey, can I see your hot sauce collection too?" Oh my you're god! In. You're, oh my god! That's it's, all you got. They, they too. They are so like intertwined. Parallel. It's unbelievable. Perfect. Oh, you! How did you know I loved hot sauce? <laughs> because you're lonely. Because you made your own double session IPA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's so fun and cool, though. I would die. I were pinning it, but like just planting this garden and tilling it up, I was just like, people did what? Chop down their own fucking trees to clear a plot of land and then built said ha- a house yeah. out of said trees? Fuck off. That is yeah. not a... Th- is that a thing? Because I had to till a garden and it took me like four hours and I took breaks. And I was like, this is... This is too much. I was I was so done. Like when I tilled it and the, put the weeds on the side with dirt clumps, yeah. I was like, I'll put the dirt clumps aside tomorrow. <laughs> so I just left like a... I was like, come on. Like I no, was we like, did that too. The yeah. the snow finally melted, and Ash did so much of this work, like just taking the leaves up in the garden and like tilling it and getting the compost ready. It was yeah. I was just like, what? My my back hurts so. Like, and I'm like, and I'm seventy. Uh, I'm just gonna go fifty fifty. I did everything right according to the package and my planting and my spacing and my region when I should do it. And I think it's just cause it's me. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm more like a 75, 25 on if anything grows out of this stuff. 
Like it just it just won't because it knows my it just knows my innate essence. Yeah. It's just like I'm not gonna grow for this tool. Go buy some fucking Doritos, you just Momo. Go to the store. You're not one with the earth, all right? <laughs> no, when she was Ash was tilling it up, like we had had a bag of potatoes that sprouted. Yes. And I was like, don't throw them away. I'm going to cut them up, plant the sprouts. And then we had like potatoes for a second. Uh-huh. And then the weather got shitty and just like I forgot about it. And she was tilling it up and there were still potatoes in there. They're the tiniest things you've ever seen. And I was so taken aback by the idea of having to feed a family. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pathetic. These things, it was like, you would need a million of these things that... to make a meal. And you're just like, I was just like, oh my God. Like, you talking about cutting down the tree. I was just like, oh my God. If you, like, your survival was based on this. And I was like, this is what potatoes used to look like. Just little, just this little cruddy thing. Right. Just popping in. It's like a fucking M&M. And if it was those so small. spoiled, you would lose a child. It would die. Yeah. I, it's so, like, we are so off. linked in where we are in our lives. Because when I tilled up that garden, I'd forgotten that I'd thrown away some potatoes on purpose in that section of the garden. Mm-hmm. And they sprouted. And I had like six Big potatoes that had grown. Oh, you got it's like holy one. shit! But because I literally forgot that I'd done it, which if you're growing food for sustenance, you can't do. One of the potatoes <laughs> got rotten because of the water, and it was in the mix with these potatoes. So I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Meg, we got all these potatoes, and the smell because one rotten potato had like disintegrated within the middle of all these potatoes, like. You just yeah. knew if you ate them, yeah. you'd get Tasty sicker than death. if you just starved. Yeah. <laughs> just like, starve, be really sick. And that's the thing. Like, if you were on the frontier, you're like, we got taters, thank God. And then you're digging them up. And that's all it takes to realize, like, it's like um, in the wild Doomed. when he's like, eats those leaves oh, into God. the wild, he eats yeah. those leaves. And he's like, I got, I'm smart. I got leaves for substance. And then reads the uh, next page and is like. These leaves also look like these leaves. You're going to die. That's what a frontiersman would <laughs> look like. We got taters. We're going to make it through the winter. And then he picks up the next one and it's rotten and it's spoiled all the potatoes. And he's just like, why God, there is no Lord. <laughs> right, exactly. He feeds his kids these potatoes in hope. Like, what else are they going to eat? Their boots? Yes. Punch in the, right, yeah. The fucking ox, the mule. Yeah. Sorry, Jenny. So good. That is so funny you mentioned that potatoes. I did the exact same thing. Also, if you dad them, if you have two kids, you'll know you have two kids right away when you start having to, uh, you gotta take the open door dump. If you gotta take an LBJ, (laughs) you know you got two kids. You know you gotta keep your eye on too many things (laughs) when you got LBJ all the way. No, it's like there's that... Then that one special Louis C.K. has that bit about taking a shit with the door open oh, and his no, kids just walking in <laughs> and he's like, hey, 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 stay where I can see you. Stay where I can see you. And then they would they dip out and they come in and they're doing something terrible to each other. And he's like, I said, stay where I can see you. Get in here. And then they leave. <laughs> they have markers all over their face. Oh, and he's God. like, I'm just, when I'm finished. Uh, and I just right thought on. it was funny as a 
as a funny joke, but now that, yes, <laughs> I have a child, it's like, yeah, there's, there's, that door never goes shut. There's truth in comedy. Well, as uh, the next Nick Cage movie is going to be called, we love you and there's open nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I thought you say open door dumps. <laughs> and open door dumpage, yeah. <laughs> or just in the, in, in the vein of pig, just dump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just one word. <gasps> you definitely are fighting the Seattle mob in dump. <laughs> because he worries a trash man. Of course dump. he is. Yeah, dump. He lives at the dump. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need. He's a dump. He works at the dump. works Cage at a dump. He's not a garbage man. He's the guy that receives the garbage. He's the guy that goes <laughs> like check. this, waves the trucks in. They're like, oh, that's just Sherry. <laughs> Sherry. Sherry. He's the guy the, like, he kills the rats. They're right. Like, yeah. He's a human rat. He's the pest control at the dump. Sherry Rogins. The dirtiest dog. The grizzliest looking junkyard dog you've ever seen. And what happens? The mobsters accidentally throw away a bunch of money. It gets, it's in the wrong plant. Mm-hmm. The plant gets thrown yeah. away. They got to go dig through the garbage. He's like, what are you doing here? Hey, get out of here. Or, this is my dump. Right. And then they get in his face, shoot his dog, and <laughs> it's game on. Seattle mob. Sherry's Seattle coming. Drinking Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> Sherry. Oh, no. He definitely is like a port man. Drinks vermouth. That's the thing. You don't know the... That's the little teases, right? You don't know what Sherry's story is. You think he's just this grizzled guy that works at a dump. But when he goes into his weird little one-box cubicle thing that he waves the trucks into, he puts on a Victrola with classical music and pours himself like a beautiful brandy. And you're like, but this guy works at a dump. Sherry works at a dump. And then you're like, but what's the backstory that he's so cultured? I don't know yet, but... We don't know it yet. It's like he's CIA? a who knows. He's a Niagaran prince. <laughs> Niagaran prince. His family owned the falls. <laughs> yes, until the Canadians built him out of the, the falls rights. Oh yeah, yeah. He's prince. and that's the thing. Yeah, so he comes from Niagaran aristocracy, and so he sells his percentage, his rights to the falls, all that tourist money because he just doesn't like the publicity. Hard times, works at the dump. He's, he's a man so, of the people. Seattle's close to Canada. He stays on the same latitude. Like, gotta stay close to Canada. Sure. His worst enemy. <laughs> dump. It's French Canadian. <laughs> dump. Yeah, and that French Canadian. Because it's perfect. That perfect affectation of, like, he's surrounded by shit. But he, like, high society, low society. Like,. He and he, he can be nice like, cherries. what are you doing here in the dump? You're surrounded by shit. And he's like, no, no, no. When I was in the aristocracy, <laughs> I was surrounded by shit. <laughs> this is working people's stuff. <laughs> exactly. No, it's like you got to use that like that one man's trash is another man's yes. treasure bullshit. Like I was surrounded by garbage. No, I'm not talking now about I'm- here. <laughs> talking about out yeah, there I'm talking about the niagaran aristocracy and then those that's canadian the millionaires when these seattle mobsters are coming after him he's got to have this line where he's like digging in something and they're like hey, what are you doing digging in that garbage and he goes 
one man's trash is another man's treasure. And she pulls out an old timey like musket pistol to fucking shoot one of these monsters. Right. Like he's dueling with fucking Hamilton. Yes. Uh, yeah, because all his stuff is just... old junk that he finds, like rock from rock line. Old weapons. <laughs> old weapons, yeah. old knives, oh, flintlock pistols. Oh, he's got all these old the... grungy books, right? People throw away. He's like, yeah, "That's wrong with society. They throw away the classics." And he's <laughs> drinking his brandy out of an old crusty, <laughs> out of a ripped open soda can. Yeah, just gonna say out of a boot, like just having. <laughs> oh God, the records all warped. It's Heathcliff if it yes. was an action movie. That's his name, Harry Sherry Heathcliff. Let's see if people Sherry Cliff. Sherry Cliff. Oh, Cliff. That's good. Don't do or Cliff. Maybe you just call cliff. him Cliff. Yeah, Cliff Sherry. Uh, he's got to yeah no Heathcliff, Smuggins the fifth because he's got to have that Niagaran aristocracy title and he's got to have that scene right for the love interest who's like, like thinks this guy's strange so follows him because something and she's like oh my god this guy's so garbagey and he kind of like impresses <laughs> so her with his culture but then he's like she's like, he's love like you want to get something to eat sometime and she's like uh no thanks but then like the next scene like he's cooking like a five star meal but like out of garbage <laughs> like he's found because menu. he's cultured so he's got like a flambe and all this shit and she's impressed or whatever <laughs> That's the thing. She works at the wine shop or liquor store. That so she is just jaded and like, what do you want? You want your Jameson, you crumb bum? And he like puts his cash out for the nice bottle of like aged sherry. And she's like, ooh. Has that classic egotistic description of all like the sh- like the series of all the brandies or whatever liquor is like. See the thing about this ni- eighteen eighty or nineteen eighty two is, and the thing a lot of people think this is better, but you know Sherry Master Lafleur he actually worked for this vineyard Vinter just in eighty eight. And what people don't know, and that's why it's two dollars less. And she's like garbage man is impressive <laughs> but that's the thing he's got that one bottle that he's been saving grandpa's bottle since who from his fall man? from yeah his grandpa the yeah, falls. Who, <laughs> built the fall <laughs> it's just his grandpa's sherry because it's only a five dollar sherry and they can have that conversation where they bond oh, like yeah. she knows it's garbage but he's He's imparting its value onto it. But it his grandfather was killed by, rumored to be killed by a Niagara. The Canadian. The Niagara, Niagara. mob. <laughs> so dumb. Because then you get that duality of like, it's what what is garbage? Like you assign value to, to it, what you find. Like, do you, do you think I am garbage? Right, right. Mimi is garbage. Mimi is dumb. As it pans out, he's just got <laughs> the classic flapped open boot. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the floppy boot. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, somebody's like, got to say, like, nice shoes. And then he, like, opens the boot and he's got, like, toe uh, knuckles on. Gives him a <laughs> kick in the throat. Like, brass knuckles for your feet. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, dumb. That's what a dump. rich. Dumb. That's a shit. That's a fine grandpa sherry if I've ever tasted one. You would um that that could bring put him back on the map, the silly map. Yeah, not if they were left. If not had he ever left. Had he ever left. That's right. All right. Well, there you go. There's our post credit for you. All right, let's click at the same time. Did you just click? All right. And I'm about to. Yeah. Go. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. So what do you want us to do with a body? I don't care what you do with it. Just get out of here. Oh my god, this place stinks. It's a dump. What do you expect, Einstein? Can I help you fellas? Who the hell are you? Dump's closed. Why don't you come back tomorrow? Turn around there, garbage man. You don't mess with the Seattle mob. Hey, what's that hunk of junk? Some kind of musket? One man's trash is another man's murder! Look around you, son. Niagara Falls. And every one of them, I built with my own two hands. I said sign over the deed to the falls, or you're dead, old man. Never! There's a little gift from Niagara Phil, okay? No! Cheap whiskey's in the back, Remy. Actually, I was looking at the Grand Lafleur cognac you have sitting there behind you. What about it? I see it's an 83. Only problem is, there was a drought in 82. So that vintage is technically a blend from the neighboring vineyard in Navarone. Who are you? Name's Cliff Sherry. I work at the dump. Well, welcome to my humble, humble abode. You live here? Surrounded by garbage? No. Surrounded by life. I left all the garbage back home. All the wealth. The emptiness. That's the garbage. Care for some music? Where's back home again? Niagara. You mean you're part of the Niagara Sherry's? Hey, that's in the past. The dump is my home now. Care for some Chateau Lagrange? 1978. Cliff Sherry, you are one kind of something. That's what my grandpa always said. Now hand me that boot and let's have a toast. Deanne, what's wrong? The Seattle mob, they were at my house, Cliff. They took my cat. They killed that cat. I'll kill their wives. Time to take out the trash. In 1992, as the summer of grunge raged, only one man could clean up the city, take on the Seattle mob, and win the lady of his life. Nicholas Cage as Cliff Sherry in Dump. You see, this recycling bin's only for cans. Oh yeah? And what's that one for, Sherry? That one's ass only.
This film not yet rated. I've spoken to him.